We'll also turn to the Old Testament and we'll read together Psalm 20. Page 456. Psalm 20 to the choir master, a psalm of David. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and give you support from Zion. May he remember all your offerings and regard with favor your burnt sacrifices. May he grant you your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. May we shout for joy over your salvation and in the name of our God set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer from his holy heaven with the saving might of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They collapse and fall, but we rise and stand upright. O Lord, save the king. May he answer us when we call. Beloved Church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, have you ever learnt the British National Anthem? I know as a child we had to sing it in our class, God Save the Queen. God save our gracious Queen, long live our noble Queen. God save the Queen. Did you sing that in school? The title and the theme of this, sim, this hymn are very similar to Psalm 20 if you look at verse 9. O Lord, save the king. Psalm 20 is a song of the covenant people of God as they pray for the victory of their king on his way out to battle. The anointed king had an important responsibility to accurately reflect the glory of God's name in all that he did. And as God's servant, he depended completely on the well-being of the Lord for his well-being on the merciful blessing of the Lord. And so the people prayed to God for their king. And since this psalm presumes a faithful king, you can see that in the, the first verses, the king who expresses his love for the Lord with continual offerings and burnt sacrifices, who is always praying and praising the Lord, a king who wants to lead his people in the way of truth, we see that this psalm does not serve as a very accurate national anthem today. It's a song not for Canada in the first place, but for, for the church. And although we pray for the government, we don't pretend that our rulers are immersed in prayer and their desire to glorify God and lead his country and his church in the way of the truth of his word. However, if you look at it, Psalm 20 would serve as a, a great prayer for the spiritual leaders in your family. If you're a child, you can use Psalm 20 to pray for your parents or for your teachers or your growing up. You can use this as a prayer for your older siblings, your parents, your pastors, your, your, your deacons. As God's people, we want godly leaders to be kept safe. We want them to be supported from heaven, like we see in the first 
verses of Psalm 20. We want them to have the support as they are seeking to walk with the Lord all their lives, like we see in verse 3, as they ex ex desire to express their plans and, and their petitions to God so that all of us, as God's people, might shout for joy. We see in verse 5, raise up our banners in the name of the Lord. Psalm 20 fits very well as a prayer today for the spiritual leaders in your life, this church, because as representatives of the Good Shepherd, Jesus Christ in our midst, all those spiritual leaders have a similar task to the anointed kings in the Old Testament. And so when we use the words of Psalm 20, to pray for our spiritual leaders, we are ultimately praying for Jesus Christ, the eternal King, who is continually working to establish and extend his eternal kingdom, like we read about in 1 Corinthians 15. We look to the Gospels and we see how our Lord Jesus came to fulfill the task that King David had in the Old Testament and to walk in that valley of the shadow of death to accomplish the work, the task that he received from his Father in heaven. He prayed often to the Father in heaven to help him and to protect him from his dwelling place, like we see in Psalm 20. He could have used the words of Psalm 20 to ask the Lord to help him to fulfill all his plans as his Christ, his anointed one, the one who is giving his own life as a sacrifice. Well, Lord, receive that sacrifice that I'm giving. And the gospel message that is revealed, the work of the Son of God, is that the Lord did save his anointed King, his Messiah, the Christ, our Lord Jesus. He saved him from death because of his righteousness and exalted him to his throne in heaven. And now we look at 1 Corinthians 15 to see what our Lord Jesus is doing, and we read it. He will reign over all things until he has put all his enemies under his feet. And that's the stage we're at right now, when we read, when we sing, when we pray Psalm 20. We have a king who is reigning until he has put all his enemies under his feet. And so when we pray and when we sing Psalm 20, we're, we're first of all thinking of Jesus Christ in his battle against all his and our enemies. And then we're thinking about the spiritual leaders that he has placed in our lives, that he uses in our lives to, to guide us in that battle. And finally, we also pray for ourselves as we are following the king in the battle, resisting temptations and, and seeking to, to overcome the evil one. We pray for the advance of Christ's kingdom then, like the Israelites who prayed for their king who was about to go into battle. We have an example of that in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 12. And if you look at the psalm, you'll see that the psalm begins and ends with the, with the church calling out to the Lord for salvation in the day of trouble because we realize we're still suffering for our faith. 
We, we're still praying because we do not see all peoples subject to Jesus Christ bowing before him. However, unlike a country that is uncertain whether or not that king going out into battle will, will win, Psalm 20 tells us that the church can pray in the full knowledge that the king will be victorious because the sovereign Lord is on our side. And if you look at the, the very middle of the psalm, Psalm 20, verse 6, you could see that right in the middle, that conclusion. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed, his Christ, his Messiah. And if the believer in the Old Testament could be so confident, how much more confident can we be since we know we, we have that gospel proclaimed to us that Jesus Christ has conquered sin and death in his death and resurrection. Jesus Christ will establish an eternal kingdom so that it fills heaven and earth just as, as he promised it. And we will enjoy his benefits. That's the context of our prayer, Psalm 20. And then you look at verses 7 and 8, the trust statements. They're very memorable. There's some who put their trust in a chariot and others that trust in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord. That's why we're so certain of the victory. The sovereign Lord is on our side. Chariots and horses represent the, the best technology for warfare, the days of the psalmist. And although the king may use them to go out for war, they in themselves cannot help a country win a battle if that is not what the Lord wants. Psalm 33 that we'll sing even says it. A horse is a vain hope for victory. Just look at the Egyptians. They relied on their horses and their chariots to get them through the Red Sea. Well, the same can be said about the advance of the spiritual kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, church leaders may, may try to find the best preacher they can find and try to make use of all the greatest technology and, and put together the best arguments for the faith as the, as the kingdom advances. They might even get someone to raise, raise from the dead like we, we saw in the parable of Luke 16 last week. But unless the Lord builds the house, we sang Psalm 127, unless the Lord builds the house, builders labor in vain. And so we pray for our spiritual leaders because we believe in the victory of our Lord Jesus Christ and we want them to be useful instruments in his kingdom. So we pray we pray for the kingdom. We pray for the king. We pray for those he uses. And yet we don't put our trust in a prince or a ruler or in a man, however wise. We sing in Psalm 146. The name of the Lord is our only help. Rather than collapse and fall like chariots and horses, those who rely on the Lord are able to, we read it there, rise up, stand upright, all together. As we celebrate Lord's Supper again today, we remember that we have fellowship, we have union with that king, the high king of heaven, 
who is advancing in this battle against the forces of darkness, and he will win. We're there with him. We enjoy the fellowship, the unity with our risen Lord Jesus Christ, because we are certain he has the victory, and he will help us along the way. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. God save the King. Amen. We'll sing together.